Welcome to the MC Podcast. My name is Scott Harris, your host. Today we're going to be looking at a topic that I know absolutely nothing about, um, which is always good and entertaining for me and hopefully entertaining for you and we can all learn together. We're going to be looking about the concept of robot milkers becoming more and more all the time a bigger deal in the dairy industry. So we're going to bring an expert in from Laley and discuss this. And so let's jump into it and see what we can learn. Welcome to the MC Podcast. My name is Scott Harris. My whole life in dairy farming. Grew up in it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Appreciate that very much. It's been exciting to watch you guys work. Uh... <laughs> All right, so we have a guest with us that is joining us uh, over the phone, and his name is Rick Rugg, and he's with Laley. And I'm going to let him really introduce himself. And Rick, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast. We're glad to have you. And tell us who you are, where you're from, who you work for, and, and a little bit about yourself. Certainly. Thank you, Scott. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you a little bit so you learn just a little bit something about robotic milking as we get going. Um, but as you said, my name is Rick Rugg. I've, uh, I was born um, and grew up on a pretty good-sized dairy farm in southern Minnesota. And then um, from there, we moved to Wisconsin in 1980. And the, in my entire life, we've been involved with the dairy industry in one form or another. So that's been my passion, that's been my desire. As far as the robots are concerned, I've been involved with the robotic technology since the late 1990s. And uh, the past 16 plus years, I was been employed and worked with uh, Laley Industries or Laley North America. And through that, in about 16 years ago is when Laley got real serious about building a distribution network in the United States. And that's when I came aboard and that's what we sort of started doing was building a distribution network to where today now, I focus primarily on a seven state area in the Midwest and basically working with our Laley centers on sales and support and service and everything with the, the robotic milking technology. So it's been a, been a fun ride, was, especially when you get involved with something early on the way that I was so fortunate and blessed to do. So it's, it's been awesome, awesome experience. So you were obviously you were working with what we would call in, you know, just business terms, early adapters. So you were, you know, you were working with people who bought into this concept very early. And uh, my guess is that was probably a, a small number of people initially, I would think, um, here in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, very much. taken a little while to get to get things going. So inter- so it was internationally originally. Where does it originate from? Um, the technology actually started in the 80s. Um, in Western Europe. And so in the late 90s, I actually grabbed a couple of engineers and flew over into Europe and spent three weeks solid looking at all the manufacturers of robotic uh, milking, trying to decide, okay, when we do come and enter in the United States, how are we going to enter into the United States? And so commercially, the robots became available in Europe in around 1992. And then we got serious at Laley, uh, they got serious in about 15, 16 years ago is when they really started with the, uh, with the uh, market adoption, as you, as you call it. 
The first robot was installed in the United States was uh, right around 2000. That was the Pete and Charlie Carnegie Farm in Amro, Wisconsin. They put in two robots that time, and at that time it was the second generation robot, what we called the A2. Since then, they expanded to the A3, and just recently, about six, seven months ago, they actually expanded to uh, some A5 robots, of which that's where we're at today. We're in our fifth generation robot at Lely. Okay, wow. Yeah, a lot of, that's been a lot of learning lessons and adjustments and changes and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, movement there over in a pretty short amount of time, relatively speaking. I mean, five changes since what'd you say, two thousand, basically, right? Um, so that that's pretty pretty impressive. So, uh, well, then, so I think we want to dive right in here. So, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me was kind of thinking, you know, I, I've been so for my side of it, um, I've been on some farms that are, that use robot milkers. Um, I've never really necessarily had the conversation of what made them make that decision. So the first thing I'd like to start is generally speaking, what are the three biggest factors that you see for people making that transition to robot milking? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And I think that's one that we have learned throughout the years. And so I always think of it as two different market uh, segments, market segments. We have what we call our 60 or 120 cow producers. Those are your one and your two robot projects. And the primary reason why they get involved with the robots is truly about the freedom and the flexibility of their lifestyle. I mean, now if they put in the robot, hopefully it enables them to be able to go to church more often on a Sunday or go to sporting events or music events or, or whatever with their children. So it's pretty much about the freedom and the flexibility of their lifestyle at that, at, at, that, uh, at that size. Certainly there's more inexpensive ways to milk cows, but these are people that are very interested in their, they grew up on the dairy farm. They have no intention of getting out of the dairy farm in the near future. So they just want some, some freedom and some flexibility. And that's what that robot technology will bring to them. The next market segment is what I would probably consider would be your your 180 cows up to 360, 400 cows, somewhere in that area. And the majority of those producers are, are farmers that um, they work extremely hard. Not that all farmers work very hard, but that market segment, those guys are probably making, they're picking up maybe three, four, five milkings throughout the course of the week. Plus, they're at hired help that they really don't want to have and they don't really like to manage it, but they have to have it in order to get through uh, on a day to day basis. Those individuals, they actually also want some freedom and flexibility of their lifestyle, and that's why they look at the robots, but they can also start reaping some of the economic benefits. So if they put in a robot, now they might be able to get rid of some hired people that they didn't necessarily want on, on the dairy, or they can just sort of uh, rob from Peter and pay Paul, if you will, uh, in, in a sense. And then the third market segment that we look at would be what we call our XL producers. These would be producers that are five, six, 700 cows or more. And, and the primary reason why they look at the technology and get involved is it's really strictly about profit. It's about the bottom line. If they can lower their cost of producing milk and actually uh, make more profit with this technology, then it's something that they seriously consider and, and will seriously look at. 
And that market segment has grown quite rapidly for us over the past uh, five, six, seven years. Okay, so that that so that makes sense to me. Then, so as far as have you seen a a change a transition in that? I guess so. When you would have first, as far as like your early adopters and your kind of first set of customers in the first few years, were they typically more smaller herds? Yeah, great question. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, it it takes time. I mean, it, it you have to have positive testimonials. And so when we look at this technology, we could have nine wonderful um, operations out there and they're very successful. And then all of a sudden that 10th one comes along and for whatever the reason, it struggles and the producer does not reach his goals and, and we struggle. And that one bad one will make up for the nine good ones. So we really try hard, especially at this stage of the market adoption, we really try hard to make sure that we um, not only meet, but we exceed expectations. So we never want to get into a role where we're dictating them how to manage their, their, their herd, how to manage their farm, or how to manage their business. What we want to focus on is understanding and knowing what their goals are with the robotic technology, and then make sure that we can provide the support and the service and everything that will exceed their expectations. And if you can do that with 60 and 120 cow uh, herds, it's much easier for the 240 cows and even the 1,000 cow dairies to start looking at it and considering it because they're seeing success stories out there. And so currently today, um, we're very infant with the technology, even though we've been involved with it for over 20 years, we're still very infant. There's a little over in the United States, it's just right around 4% of the cows are being milked by robots. So that means there's 96% of the cows that are not being milked. So we're very infantile in the market adoption area. So there's certainly a lot of education and a lot of testimonials and just a lot of things that need to progress as we you know, go down the, the uh, robotic technology road. Wow. I, I guess I would have uh, thought it would have been higher than that, you know, uh, when I, and I, I don't have any reason to necessarily to think that, I guess I just would have thought as long as it's been at it, but it is, I mean, it is such a, a big change, right? That That's probably a, one of the biggest factors in my, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but I would think as much as the financial aspect, just, it's a big change. I mean, you're completely turning your, your dairy operation on its head when you when you make a move yeah w- w- without a doubt when we look at uh, forecasting and, and looking at what the future might hold one of the things we look at you got to consider any of these producers maybe the larger market segment it, it, their investment is probably a little bit more so than or more often than uh, than a smaller type of a producer but if you take a dairy that's got 60 cows up to maybe 300 or so cows they're going to make a major investment maybe once, maybe twice in their lifetime. And the larger producer might increase that more. So when you look at this and, and look at the whole project, it's a new barn, is it a retrofit? The whole thing is with the robotic technology. It, it's a major decision for these guys. Even though we're convinced and, and we've got great testimonials out there that uh, – we can certainly exceed some expectations out there and we're very confident as to what the robot can do for the producers. 
But again, it's very important for us to understand what their goals are and that they're, we can give them an idea of what the uh, opportunities are, but we don't want to certainly mislead them and say it's for everybody because it's, it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. We run, so we run into that um, on a smaller scale, a little bit different, but similar um, on the seed side of the business. So, because it's not, oftentimes it's not the fact that a farm doesn't necessarily even buy into our concepts as much as they know what they have. They know the product they've been using and they know what results they're going to get. And it's that, it's that fear of the unknown that oftentimes prevents a farm from making a change. So when they do make a change, often it's in a very small incremental amount. And you can do that in the seed business. Well, you can't incrementally make a change in robot milking. You can't, you know, well, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, I don't want to speak your, I don't want to take your, but I mean, you don't decide, yeah, let me try one on two cows. You know, that's not how it works. You know, you're, you're making a fundamental change to your business. So that's a little bit different of a ball game there. So, yeah, so, it, it, it's a capital good investment without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. So, so then tell me why would I do it then? What are some of the key advantages that you like to point out? And, and you can make it relative to, you know, size if it helps or whichever is easiest uh, to be able to explain it. But what are some of the key advantages that you see in going to a robot milking system? Um, I think it, that's a tough question because everyone has their certain goals. And so from our standpoint, we want to make sure that we understand what their goals is and make sure that the robotic technology will truly help them achieve their goals, whether it's in milk quality, whether it's in total production um, of milk being generated or uh, generated on the farm whether it's the lifestyle, you know, so there's a lot of things that sort of factor into um, why are they successful, but we're, we've been blessed. I mean, the, the technology is awesome. And in the robot world, uh, our best robot users are probably individuals that, un, that are good cow people, that they understand the psyche of the cow. Um, it's very important because in the robot world, basically the cow does three things. She gets milked, she lays down, and she eats. And she does those three things on her own natural biorhythm. So when she wants to lay down, she does so. Our job as um, Laylee um, employees and then the producer's responsibility is to make sure that the cows enjoy all three of those things. So when they go lay down, they love where they're laying down. It's a nice, clean, dry environment. Uh, cows are very comfortable. When they go eat, they like what they get when they get there. And then when they go to work, which would be milk, when they go to and from the robot, that they enjoy the trip there. They enjoy the trip when they're in there getting milk. And then when they're done getting milk, they enjoy the trip back. And if you can create an environment with those three aspects, in the robot world, you're well on your way to achieving a, a, a realistic goal or, or objective. That's really good. That's so good. And that makes so much sense. Cow comfort um, is so big. We were just talking about that at a meeting I was at this past week. It's one of the most, mis I won't say misunderstood, but realizing how big it is uh, for production. 
uh, cow comfort. And, and then when you're changing the game on the cow by uh, inserting, you know, the, the robot milking, understanding that whole process would be vital, I would think. So, so what are, so when you're seeing farms in this transition, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that they generally face in making this move? Um, I think the big thing, sometimes it's harder for the producers than it is for the cows. The cows adapt uh, quite rapidly, as a matter um, There's a little, there's some benchmarks along the way, but the cows adapt quite well, especially with today's uh, technology and with the robot that uh, is, is out there milking the cows a day. The hardest thing is probably for the producers. They've done things for many decades the conventional way. I mean, you milk cows in a group. You feed cows in a group. Uh, everything is done in a group. In this world, the robot world, the cows are all individuals. And so what you're basically doing is that you're creating an environment for her that genetically, if she was to give you 200, she wants to give you or she can give you 200 pounds of milk a day, in the robot world where you got a stress-free environment and she can eat, lay down, and get milk as often as she wants, um, then she has every opportunity to truly meet her true genetic potential. And I think that's the tough thing that some of the producers have, uh, have, a, have a tough time with. So once they get involved, and I can honestly say throughout the years, and I've been involved in this gig for a long, long time, but there's very, very, very few producers that have come to me afterwards and say, man, this thing doesn't cash flow. It's hard to do. So usually most of their expectations are exceeded. You know, a lot of times people say, well, how many cows can you milk in a robot? And the simple, the short answer is, okay, 60, give or take, depending upon your production level, depending upon your management level, but 60-ish cows. The fact of the matter is you need to be looking at it differently, not how many pound, not how many cows I can get milk, but how many pounds of milk do you need that robot to generate to live your lifestyle, to take care of your debt load, to have the cash flow that you need to live your lifestyle, to take care of your family and so on. And we've got robots that can, get, I mean, our first goal is 5,000 pounds of milk per robot per day. And if you want to go to 5,500, okay, let's go. If you want to go to 6,000 pounds of milk, okay, let's go. We even have some robots out there. Now, these are top-notch managers, but we do have some robots out there that are as high as 7,000 pounds of milk a robot. You know, so, but again, it's all about individual goals and objectives. We just need to understand that and be a good partner with the producers on assisting and that that farm to to reach its goals and its objectives well that makes so much sense and so when you when you're talking about that so you've kind of leaned into my next thought was around production and understand fully you know that our audience is a, is a generally generally speaking a dairy audience i work in that we you know our company works in the dairy frame so we all understand that production can be affected by a lot of things but if you look at an overall concept of making that transition into milking, 
Is there a guideline generally that you're talking to producers about? Hey, here's what you can predict. Here's what you can expect from a production standpoint as far as I'm not asking you to give me hard numbers, but as much as, hey, you might see a drop at first or you might see an increase at first, but here's what it'll level out. Or what do you generally, what is your talking points generally around production in relation to the farm when they're making this transition? Yeah, yeah Scott, that's a, that's a great question too. And it's, it, I mean, we've had all day seminars on this. On this subject alone but when you when you really think about it on a 2x herd so there's been oodles of studies throughout the years when you go from 2x to 3x milk and that you're going to get your 10 to 15 percent so in our case with the robots the the uh most the average production is around three 2.7 2.9 3 3 1 3 2 milkings a day so this just say three milking. So you go from 2X to 3X, just that alone is going to help you get a bump. And there's been a number of studies there. Now, on top of that, you throw in the fact that um, you're you're adding uh, or you're eliminating a tremendous amount of stress from these cows. That they're doing the eating, the laying down, all that stuff, they're doing that on their own now. And so the stress factor alone helps a lot. And then the third thing is each cow is treated as an individual. There's one reason why these cows, or one major reason why these cows go into the robot, and that's because of the feed. That's the energy. So a lot of the dairies out there today feed a TMR, a totally mixed ration. We'll take uh, about 20% of the production out of that TMR, and we call it a PMR, a partially mixed ration. And then the rest of that is fed in the robot in the form of a pellet or a grain mix or something like that. And the neat thing about that is that we can feed as little as three to four pounds per cow per day, up to as much as 26 pounds per cow per day. And the key thing about that is that cow only gets it if she earns it. And that's how you can reach her true genetic potential. So the robot through all the software and all the neat things that, that it has, it can provide that, and it's a pretty smart piece of equipment. So when you take a combination of the feeding, the increased production, or, or the increased uh, cow comfort, um, and, and the increased milkings, um, depending upon where you've been and all that kind of stuff, but for a 2X herd to go into robots, I mean, we would be really, really surprised if you couldn't achieve something on an average, you know, something well over 10 pounds more per cow. But we already say budget less, you know. So when you're looking at cash flows and you're going into this thing, if you think you're going to get 20 pounds, put in eight pounds, you know. Lower your expectations. So your expectations are already exceeded. And just recently, I never would have said this before, but in the last five years now, we've gotten to be, uh, there's more and more of our robots that are going into our, 3x dairies. So these are conventional dairies that are milking three times a day. And we're even seeing a slight bump in production from our 3x dairies when they go into robots. And I think the part of the reason for that is that we are doing a better job of individually feeding the cows. And then the other big thing is that in the conventional world, you milk cows three times a day. But in the robot world, you're averaging three times a day. So some of those early lactation cows can get milked four, five times a day, and it enables her to truly meet her genetic potential. If it's 200 pounds in this world, in this environment, 
it's more apt for her to do it than it would be in in the conventional world. That makes so much sense. So it's just, oftentimes it's it's just as much about um, how many times they're able to milk. That that's kind of seems to be a recurring theme. Is in is this two big recurring themes that I seem like I'm picking up on you from you is um, the cow's ability to, to determine you know when she's hungry, when she wants to lay down, and the comfort side. And then number two is just it, which in that is going to lead to her being milked more often. Actually, within a day, most of the she, time, she runs her life. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, so then the really kind of last question I have is, let's say, I mean, I, I guarantee there's not too many dairies out there. And while it, while it's, you said it's roughly around 4%, I guarantee there's not too many that haven't considered making this move. Uh, so if they are, what, where do they even start? What do they need to be evaluating um, when it comes to if, you know, deciding if robot milker is the right situation for them? Yeah, for like, I'm proud to say that in the Midwest, in that seven-state region in the Midwest, that any producer that is interested in the the robotic technology, there is an authorized Lely center that is responsible for that territory. So every single county in the Midwest is covered through a certified um, um, Lely center. And that we couldn't have said that to five, six years ago. So it takes time to build that distribution network and then make sure you get them trained and have the infrastructure. So I'm sort of glad that we're only at the 4%, 5% market adoption right now, to be honest with you, because the last thing you want to do is throw this technology out there and have a person invest in it and then not succeed. And so some of this transition that we've had into the technology has been a little bit controlled, which provides enough opportunity to build an infrastructure that can sell service and support the, the robotic technology that's out there. So we've been, it's, it's been a, it's been a tremendous journey the last 16 plus years and been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so I think really what that comes down to guys is if this is something you're considering, Get a hold of somebody. Get a hold of Laylee and let them come out. And, and the, just to be clear, this isn't a sponsored podcast. We're not here to to promote Laylee per se as much as the concept. But they're telling he's telling you right here. If you want to take a look at it, bring us out. We've got people around. We've got them available. Let's take a look at it. And uh, and you know, and decide if this is a transition that makes sense for you and your business and what you want to accomplish. Um, if you go back, you know, and you're listening to the beginning part of the podcast, you know is the quality of life that I need, that I want, that I desire for me and for my family, is it worth this change? You know, and, and, and then there's some production aspects and advantages and all these things. So, so listen to what he's saying and, and, and apply that. So, so I'm going to give you one last chance, Rick, if there's, do you have one burning thought, one thing that you think, Oh man, I wish I would have said that or this or that. Is there one thing that you're thinking you want to make sure that the audience <laughs> hears before we uh, shut this one down. Well, the, the only thing is I, I did mention you, early on, you mentioned about the robots uh, where a little bit of history and the technology started in Western Europe. So our company, Lely Industries, is actually in Maslow, um, the Netherlands. It's 16 years ago, about 12 years ago, we built a brand new production facility in Pella, Iowa. And all the robots that are manufactured in Pella, Iowa, is uh, for United States and for Canada. And yesterday, we outgrew that first 
so we just built a brand new facility twice as big as the one that we had that's going to support more adoption into the future so yesterday was a big day for for Lely, north america we just had a great open house in pella where we introduced our the, the new facility that's going to generate uh, or that will manufacture all the robots again for north america and then we have some other equipment technology where it's going to provide that and be manufactured there for the entire world. So it, it, yesterday happened to be a, a big day uh, or a big day for us. So Scott, thank you very much for asking asking that question. Yeah, absolutely great. That is good to know, Rick. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. You're extremely knowledgeable and and know this industry extremely well, and so we really appreciate that. Um, if you're listening out there, I hope you enjoyed this. Remember to look us up on any of the other podcast platforms that you use. Uh, we should be on all of them. If, or you can also go to seedcorn.com. We have a lot of content on there, including the podcast. You can actually listen to some previous episodes that we have. We cover a lot of different topics. So check that out. Also, look at, make sure and look us up on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and also, again, seedcorn.com. So hope you all have a wonderful day. God bless and take care.